Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studios. This is Bump and Stacy on Seattle Sports. Streaming through the Seattle Sports app. Now, here are your hosts, Michael Bumpus and Stacy Ross. Here we go now. Picking up where we left off with Gino. Here we go. When we can get something done quickly, I didn't want to have to, you know, test the free agent market. Um, you know, obviously, if I had to, then I had to. But uh, I, I think we, everyone did a great job at, um, at making this work. And uh, now it's about, you know, having it pay off in the future. Flip side of that, John, how, how big is this for you guys to go into free agency knowing this is already put to bed? Oh, it's huge. You know, this is, uh, you know, we have a, a order of events, right? <laughs> and, and Gino knew that, you know, he was... First and foremost, you know, we were able to get some things worked out with, um, you know, other players earlier. Um, I don't want to get into their names. This is Geno's day. So, but we had some we had some things we wanted to, as teammates, we wanted to take care of as well. Gino, you, you tweeted out that you're going to be even better. What, what gives you that confidence that the trajectory is going to keep going up? Shoot, man, I was throwing yesterday and. Uh... Shoot, the ball was coming out pretty good, so I think that's it. But no, honestly, man, just being around, um, you know, this organization, the type of coaches we have, the type of players on this team, uh, the leadership from top to bottom, it's all about getting better, all about competing every single day. And I think that that breeds excellence. And so I believe that, you know, although we did some great things last year, the sky's the limit for what we can do this year. And I think we can improve on in so many ways. And I, and that's really what I look forward to. You know, that's all my off season's about is improving and coming back a better player. On the pivot podcast that when it comes to contract stuff, you just want to be respected, you know, uh, do you feel respected now? Yes. Yes, I do. And, um, you know, I've always felt respected uh, in this organization. I think they do a great job. Coach Carroll does a great job at relating to all the players, you know, not just the star players or the guys drafted. Every single player on the roster he has a relationship with and he he respects and they respect him. And so I've always felt that. And now I'm just happy to, uh, you know, kind of get this past us. You know, this obviously isn't the normal path to a big franchise contract. What was the value you took out of your path to get to where you are right now? I believe uh, hopefully it's uh, an inspiration, you know, to everyone, you know, just to continue to believe in yourself, to work hard, um, to never waver uh, in your confidence and then to be opportunistic. You know, when you get an opportunity, you got to run with it. And so uh, I believe hopefully everyone can see that when they see me. You know, I know you said all along you always thought you could have a moment like this, but having it actually happen, is there a sense of validation at all for you? Shoot, man, I hate to make make this uh, a dull moment, but no. You know, honestly, man, I just love playing football. Like, you know what I mean? I, I, you know, I, I hate when people kind of look at my story and say, you know, you went from this to that. Man, I was in the league with the best players for 10 years uh, amongst some of the best coaches and, you know, getting paid good money. And uh, I've always done well by it. And so I've always appreciated just the opportunity. You know, I know how valuable that is. And so for me, the validation comes from, my teammates, my coaches, and just being around this building and being in this, in, in this organization. In your whole process, can you talk about the discipline of when you believe in yourself and not comparing others, whether it's money, whether it's numbers, from day one of the draft to where you're sitting right now? Yeah, uh, uh, incredible journey, I believe. You know, think about the draft and, you know, I had to sit and wait <clears throat> And then, you know, went to the Jets and things didn't work out. Had to bounce team to team and try to find my way. And then I found this place, you know, and it, it kind of changed me. You know, uh, Coach Carroll being so uplifting, so inspiring, he just uh, forced me to believe more in myself. And that, in tune, kind of 
brought us here today. And so uh, that entire journey, the 10 years that it took for me to just to get to this point um, means a lot. You know, that's the most rewarding part is that I was able to go through that and then be able to say, hey, even with all that, I was still able to get better and still becoming a better player. And to get to this point is just, you know, incredibly fulfilling. John, the idea that it was almost exactly a year ago today that you made this franchise-altering move, this sense of satisfaction one year later that it's worked out the way it has and the sense of pride of Gino to take to this point. Yeah, um, I, I'd like to comment about that. I, I think that the job that, that, uh, that John and his guys have done to carry this thing from that, you know, those moments that led to the, the, uh, the decision to make the trade and all of that, and then... Uh, all the way through has just been a masterful job, and it's, uh, you can't you can't not recognize that. Uh, and as the, all of the fruits are still out there, we're here we're heading into the draft. You know, with free agency leading into it, there's just it's just given us such a um, such an opening to the opportunity. And we're so grateful for you know for all of the years, Johnny, that we you know we've worked together and stuff. But this is really uh, it's a it's a high moment for us, and and uh, like we're all having fun with it. We're all having a blast. We can't wait you know for this thing to happen. We, the scenarios and all this. Stuff and all that we're talking about is uh, really that John's really taken a great leadership role in all of that. It's, it's, it's an awesome illustration, and uh, so that we're really grateful for that. Gina, what made you feel comfortable kind of betting on yourself, so to speak, again with all the incentives you have in this, in this new deal? I just believe, um, you know, in my ability. You know, I believe that with the guys around me, um, with the coaches that we have, you know, like I said, I think the future is very bright for us. And so um, with, the, with the contracts and the incentives, uh, it's just a way for, obviously, for both parties to, you know, make it work. Uh, it, it allows the team room and space to do what they need to do, but it also gives me an opportunity to be, you know, one of the top ten paid quarterbacks, which is some, something that I believe I am. And so with all those things, I think it worked out pretty great. Yeah, this is a little different contract that you've done for a quarterback here the last ten years, what Gino just talked about. How much was the loyalty the part that – allowed you to be able to do a deal like that well Gino and I have we've had tons of conversations over the years uh, wide variety of things and uh, you know our last conversation that we had you know and, and we say this to to uh, not just Gino or, or uh, you know quarterbacks it's it's really we're everything we're doing here is to try to maximize your value but we're also trying to put together a consistent championship caliber team, and so there's a balance that goes into that. And uh, you know, I have to I have to give uh, Chaffee and Kevin uh, a ton of credit for being creative, being open-minded, understanding um, what we all wanted to accomplish, and um, that was maximizing uh, you know Gino's earning potential and recognizing everything that he's done and where he can go, as well as trying to um, help him be a championship quarterback. Yeah, extremely important. You know, I believe in team. You know, I know how important it is for everyone to, you know, have an opportunity. And so, you know, I trust these guys. I understand that these guys are, you know, building a, a championship team, and, and that's what we're about here. And so, uh, you know, I really wanted to be a part of that, and I'm just happy that uh, we we're able to find common ground that that was balanced and worked for everyone. You know, I know you've always had this belief in yourself, but you also need the opportunity, right? So did, was there ever any point that doubt crept in that you'd ever be here, sitting here, multi-year contract, Pro Bowl quarterback, all these things, finally coming to fruition? I had no doubts. Honestly, I mean, I just kept working, man. Like, And I always tell my, I would always tell myself, hey, man, if I never got the opportunity, at least I worked for it. You know, at least I put everything I had, and I, you know, I could leave this game with no regrets. And so I think 
you know, God kind of shined down on me, kind of saw me working and gave me opportunity. You know, uh, you've been in this offense a couple of years now, but what did a year of games do for you, and where does it, that take you next year? How, how valuable was just getting that work under your belt? Honestly, it's, it's it's really my first year, my first time, you know, being in any offensive system, even from high school for more than two years, and so it's going to be new for me to see what that's like. But I'm excited about it, you know, and, and having a year of football, of playing, and um, having tape to learn from, and being able to learn from my own past mistakes, uh, I think it'll make me better in the long run. Learn about how close this team is or what you guys need to do to really contend for a championship, maybe just learning from the, the playoff loss in San Francisco. Yeah, just everyone sticks together. You know, no one uh, turned on anyone. Throughout the entire season, we all just st- stuck together, and that's what we're about. Uh, and I, I believe that will continue. Um, we have the right guys on this team, and I know they're going to add more guys um, that will help us. But the leadership from top to bottom, uh, the young guys stepping up the way they did, uh, the vets leading the way they did, and just everyone coming together, Coach Carroll, uh, his staff, and just the entire building works on one accord, and I think that's that's something that you want. Coach, it's kind of the same question. Where can they – Where I asked this question to Michael Penix yesterday at, at the UW. They had such great years. Where do they go next year? How do they get better next year? Uh, Gino, the same thing. He had such a great year. How does he get better? Well, uh, Gino's telling you. He, he, he knows it. It's by studying, by working hard, pre- preparing so that – when the moment comes where he can build on what he did, he's ready for it, and he's not going to miss that. He's already he's ready to go. You know, like he told you, um, that that's a big part of it. Uh, you know, he's been in the system and with us for a, a good while. That he that's why he was so accomplished as he, when he got his opportunity. But there's nothing like that playtime that he just had. There's nothing like come back with DK and Tyler and, and the fellas and the tight ends and running backs to to, to put this thing together mm-hmm. to the next uh, level that's out there for us. So it's all just ahead of us and and. The, the cool thing, you can hear it. It's, it's about working hard. Without the hard work and the dedication and the trust in the people around you, it ain't going to happen. You know? and so, but we got all that. And so that's why we're so positive about it. So that's why we know we're going places. And, and uh, it's, it's kind of hard to ha- wait. You know? <laughs> we're kind of wanting to get going, you know? but we so, got to wait it out. Seattle obviously has really turned your career around. What do you remember when you first signed here you know, four years ago, I guess it was, and kind of how that all happened? Yeah, I still got that same blue suit right in my locker. And, uh, <laughs> I put it in there, and I was hoping to never take it out. But just being here, walking throughout the building, getting to meet everybody, really getting to meet Coach Carroll, um, it, it was just different. It's a different environment. Uh, it has a different feel to it. So much positivity. Uh, it, it's a place you want to be, and so I'm just happy to be here. You know, in terms of being better next season, is there a noticeable difference when you go into an offseason, uh, training camp and everything is like, okay, you're the – starter versus when you have to compete for it uh i was i would think the mentality has to stay stay the same you know i have to have that mentality every day that i got to go earn it and it's nothing more than that but um it's it's a rep thing and i got a bunch of reps last year in camp and, and coach did a great job at allowing me to get those reps with the guys but it, it's a mentality thing and i've got to continue to have that mentality <clears throat> that chip on my shoulder that edge um because that's what makes me a better player that huge chip you guys have the number five pick. John have said we're looking at everybody, including quarterbacks. If the young quarterback were to be drafted, would you view that as competition, as a mentorship opportunity? How would you see that? I'll say it's both. You know, uh, I, I love to compete, so I, I compete with anybody. But um, I'm also going to, you know, help them out as much as I can, the same as, you know, we did with Drew. And, and, and our QB room is so tight-knit, and we're all so connected that we, we act as one. And so whether it's a young guy or someone else, I'm going to help that player, just like any other player on our team, 
be the best that he can be, you know, because that's my job as a leader, and that's who I am at heart. You know, I'm never going to withhold information. I'm always going to try and help guys get better. And so that's what I want to do, and if that happens, then that's the guy I'll be. You know, you have to step in and be a big voice in the locker room. What are you most proud of in terms of the culture inside the locker room taking over there and taking it again next year? Yeah, I think the um, this locker room, just the leadership uh, overall, the, the, the guys that we have, you know, guys like Tyler Lockett and, and Quandre Diggs, DK Metcalf, um, just all the guys, man, having rookies like Abe and, and you know, Charles step right in and just be uh, consummate pros. Uh, it just says a lot about this place and a lot about the players that we have. And so we just got to continue to build on that. Gino, you've talked a couple, I'm sorry. Gino, you've talked a couple of times about this work to build a championship team. What do you think the team still needs in order to be successful? <laughs> me? Uh, <laughs> I, I was about to say that's the question for these guys. I'm I'm the, I'm the player here, so I just I gotta focus on uh, you know the guys that we do have and just continue to, to to build those guys up and continue to work as hard as we can to be a great team. And I trust these guys to make those decisions. <clears throat> the length of the contract. How much was that a pivotal point? And, and also trying to get everything else you're trying to get done. It's, it's very pivotal pivotal um but you know in this league it's always you know year to year and so you got to prove yourself every single year and that's what i'm looking forward to i'm not looking too far down the line i'm just focused on this season and being the best that we can this season you know trying to get get a ring and uh and and win the division first of all but you know it's all about this year and i'm not looking for it comparing players to each other is one way you can kind of find where the market is for certain guys there's not a story like gino's out there was this a tricky number to try to come to and figure out where, where the value lied and where this negotiation was going to go for you guys? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's a great question, very fair question. Uh, we tr- we, we, we always, we're always doing what we, can, we do. We try to do for, for our organization, for our team. Um, you know, uh, you know, Chaffee uh, understands the landscape. Uh, you know, he, you know, in, in talking to other teams or whatever, he knows what's going on. Uh, around the league, he has great relationships with people. Um, but knowing that um, the message was so consistent along the way, uh, he he knows where Gino and Chaffee knew uh, where where we want to be and where we want to go. It started out with a direct conversation that Gino and I had on his exit interview, and uh, the messaging never changed. And so uh, Gino knows what we want to do to try to help this team, and you know get us. Look, get us, you know, past that, you know, first round be a championship team to be, again, the ultimate goal is to to have Gino holding the trophy with Coach Carroll. That's the deal. How confident were you coming out of that chat with Gino that you guys would get this done and, and get confident. to the point? Confident, but you know, you, I mean, you you never know where things are going to go. You really don't. But but I would say <clears> very confident. Anything else? Thank you. All right, still to come your way, Geno Smith joins us. Plus, we got uh, some NFL headlines, lots of other stuff. Don't go anywhere. This is Four Down Territory, going inside the game with former Seahawks and Coug wide receiver Michael Bumpus. First down bump, Jimmy G is rumored to be the target of the Panthers, Texans, and Raiders. Where do you think he lands, and what's the best fit? Are these two different things? Man, you got the Panthers, the Texans, and the Raiders. I've already claimed that Geno was going to go to the Texans. You got your boy D'Amico Ryans over there. But now when you throw the Raiders into the mix, McDaniels, right? He's the, uh, the old O.C., 
or the New England Patriots. He's going to be over there. Him and Jimmy have a history there. And then you have the Panthers with that run game. I think the best fit for him, the best fit for any quarterback that's looking for a job right now out of these three teams, I'm going to say is the Raiders just because of all the weapons that they have. So if I'm Jimmy G, if I'm not going to Houston, I'm looking at the Raiders, man. They got weapons all across the board. You just signed Josh Jacobs to a franchise tag. You got receivers. You got tight ends. You got your boy over there that you're familiar with. You got to go to Vegas to give that a shot. But I wouldn't be surprised if he lands in Houston. Second down. Which wide receiver free agent do you feel can be a solid number two or number three? And where should he play this year? This dude used to run the game at the receiver spot for a minute, but then he gets hurt. But he wins a Super My Bowl before he gets My brain's scrambling trying hurt. to answer it before you do. Um, he's a cultural icon for some of these kids, but it's dancing and stuff. I'm talking about Odell Beckham. There we go. Now, he's a free agent. He can be a solid number two or number three, possibly a number one. But I see him as a two or three, especially if he joins this team. I think he should be looking at the Detroit Lions. You got Avon Ross St. Brown over there. You're number one. Jared Goff, who can get it done. That offense was ranked number three overall. Eight in passing, five when it comes to scoring. They don't have a number two receiver. They got Josh Reynolds over there. Didn't do much. Mm -hmm. Um, You do have Hawkinson over there. They're good tight end. You still got to sign Jamal Williams. I'll see what that running back room looks like. But you look at what the Detroit Lions were able to do on offense last year. Imagine adding a number one caliber receiver as your number two to combine with a Monroe St. Brown. They might be up to something over there in Denver. All right. Uh, You know what's really interesting about the uh I'll stick with the Detroit Lions for just a minute. Very, very underrated team. And one that was so much better than I thought. Not a team I would look at as competing with Seattle this year. But I think they're going to be fighting with Seattle. Like, let's say the 49ers take off and take the division. When you're competing for those top wildcard spots, I think Detroit's right in there with them. Detroit's right in the business. Excuse me. Correct myself. Hawkinson went to the Vikings. But I know you knew that. I didn't say anything because you've talked about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks for stalling me out. (laughs) (laughs) Got you. Uh, We might have Gino. Let's get to third down quickly, and then I might break us here from it. Uh, All right. Third down. We know the Hawks will have to make some roster changes so they can build a defense to support Gino. What is a name on the defensive line you feel the Hawks need to keep? Defensive line. We're talking about replacing guys and going to the draft and free agents and all that stuff. But you look at Quentin Jefferson. You got to keep Quentin Jefferson. Last five games of 2023 at the fourth most QB pressures amongst D tackles. All right. Uh, we are going to do halfway through four down territory. We converted on uh, on second down. It's great. Great job for us because we are joined now by Pro Bowler, comeback player of the year, QB1. It's Geno Smith on the Emerald Queen Casino Sportsbook Hotline. Geno, I mean, congratulations. How are you feeling right now? Oh, I'm feeling so great. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me on. We're so happy to have you on. I mean, I, my first question for you, and Bump's got a lot of really good football questions, and, and we're going to get to a lot of it, but I have to imagine, you know, you've answered this question a million times, but I, I just, I, I got to hear it from you. When you're agreeing to this deal, you just officially signed it, but when you agree to it, is there a moment you kind of took for yourself? Uh, honestly, no. <laughs> I, I, was, uh, I, was, I was working out. And uh, kind of getting taking phone calls and was in between sets and yeah, I really it was a hard workout, so I didn't really have a time a chance to uh, <laughs> celebrate. But um, you know, this moment is is for my family. Uh, you know, it's for all the fans, all the Seahawks fans. You know, all the Geno Smith fans. Um, you know, people who have been rooting for me my entire career. Uh, but for me, man, I'm just focused on you know the business and, and and looking forward to winning a bunch of games for the Seahawks. 
Hey, Gino, we appreciate you, man, and congratulations again on your deal, man. We're happy to have you. Um, just looking at your career, you start off with the, the Jets, um, and then you move on, and you play behind three probably future Hall of Fame quarterbacks. Um, I know you've been waiting your turn. You've been patient, but is there something you learned along the way from each one of your stops? Yeah, I mean, you're right. You know, I was uh, privileged to, to, to be able to be in rooms with three Hall of Famers, and the thing that I learned is that, you know, I'm one of them. You know, I was able to uh, play alongside alongside some great players, and you know, I never felt like um, they did things that I couldn't do, and mm-hmm. so that allowed me to have confidence in myself uh, throughout this entire time. Um, and I also would lend, you know, any knowledge that I had. You know, I would be a sponge as well as, you know, trying to. I would learn, but I would also try and help those guys and help them see the game the way that I did, and and maybe you know some of those things would uh, would help them and help their game, and so. Just being a consummate professional, being a great teammate, um, just just lending you know every bit of um, you know confidence that I have and, and giving it to the starter allowed me to once I became a starter just you know kind of go out there and just play freely. Was there ever a moment? Because obviously you believed in yourself. You never thought you weren't good enough, and you had good reason to think that. But was there ever a moment where either you're talking to your wife, maybe your family, or even John Schneider and did you ever hit a low point where you thought, like, what if it doesn't happen? No, man. I, you know, like, I, I've never had a low point, you know, and I, you know, I know that people kind of try to look at it and, and create this narrative, but, um, man, like, I've been in the NFL for 10 years, and, you know, I've been, my family's been good for 10 years, and, um, you know, the key, you know, for me is to always take care of your family and always, you know, be that rock for my family. And so that's what I've been doing, you know, back home in my community in South Florida. You know, we do so many things in the community and help so many people, and that's what it's about for me. Um, you know, the football side of it is is fun, and it's something that I enjoy doing, but it, I know that life's much bigger than that, and so I would never put myself in a box and just say, hey, I'm just a football player because I have so much more to offer, and so I wouldn't let those things get to me or make me um, think lesser of myself. Yeah. Hey, Gino, there's probably about three to four seasons in between you getting um, your start and playing a full game, but then – Russell goes down with a finger injury, and uh, you come in and, and lead the team and almost uh, lead a game-winning drive. And then you play four games, 68% completion rate, 702 yards, five touchdowns, one interception. What did that span of games do for you mentally and uh, just proving to yourself or anybody, just getting out there and just saying, look, man, I still got this. I can move the ball down the field. Yeah, I mean, I was um... – you know, I remember that night, you know, that Thursday night and when Russ got hurt. And, and to be honest, he didn't want to come out that game. You know, he, he kept going back in. And I kind of had to tell him, like, hey, man, it's it's kind of my time. You know, I, I got to go out here right now. You know, I kind of felt it in my spirit just the entire year that, you know, something was going to happen. And so when I got that opportunity, I just wanted to go out there and, and, and play ball. You know, just have having an opportunity to play with these guys and, and, and be out there competing with my teammates is something that I truly enjoy. But, um you know, I had done well in preseasons before. Uh, that gave me confidence. And then obviously, you know, playing a three-game stretch, you know, we were one and two, and, and winning is the, what matters the most. But I felt good out there, and so I knew that, you know, I could improve and get better. Uh, and I still feel that way. And so as long as I continue to improve, um, you know, I think the sky's the limit. I'm only 32. You know, I got another 10 to 12 years in this league, and, you know, I'm going to get better every single year. Hey, Gino, you had the line of the year in the NFL in week one. And I got to tell you, I mean, it was replaying. You were the the Twitter header photo for NFL, like their official Twitter account. I mean, it was like everyone's favorite quote. Everyone was talking about it because it just spoke to so many people. I need you to be honest. 
did did it just go off script? Like it just came to you, or did you prepare it? <laughs> did nah, you get it ready? Completely, uh, no, that was completely just off the brain. What? Like the question kind of <laughs> caught me off guard. You know, she asked me like, "What do you say to the people that wrote you off?" And right. I was like, kind of taken aback because I didn't really know what to say, and I just kind of flipped it, and uh, it turned out to be a great thing. You know, everyone loved it, so that was cool. You know what we say, bump. Bars. Bars. All bars. That's what <laughs> <laughs> bars, man. We, we appreciate uh, those moments. And I, me personally, Gene, I think some of your best moments happen after you make a mistake. There's so many times where um, you've thrown an interception, but then that next drive, you guys go 12 plays, 75 yards, and you're dropping a dime in the process. Is there something you tell yourself or go through after those mistakes when you're on the sideline? How are you able just to bounce back in those moments and, and keep this team in the game? Yeah, I mean, first of all, you don't want to make those mistakes, you know, right? Like, let's try to eliminate all those. But, you know, we're humans and things happen. And, um, you know, for me, whenever something negative happens, I just kind of click back into who I am, just knowing who I am. And it makes you focus that much more. You know, it makes you you pay attention that much more. And, um, you know, I think, you know, the guys around me feed off that. You know, they, they're looking around to see what you do after a mistake. You know, everyone, you know, the quarterback's going to celebrate and everyone gets happy mm-hmm. when you throw a touchdown. But what do, what do you do when, um, you know, you make a mistake that could, you know, lose the game for your team? How do you respond and bounce back? And I always want to be an example of re- resiliency. And so um, I think that's something that, you know, I, I want to continue. You know, obviously eliminate the mistakes. But if something does happen, the guys know that, you know, I'm never going to falter or waver. I'm always going to be the same guy. Hey, Pete Carroll has really openly had a lot faith in you I mean when you were not on this roster yet last March he was saying yeah if Gino here you know he, he's probably leading the QB competition and I remember thinking like oh my gosh like this is great news for Gino's agent but like Pete hasn't cared like he's he's been a big advocate did your relationship with him uh even grow even more this year I mean what's that like yeah, our relationship, Coach Carroll and I, yeah. have, uh, we've always had a great relationship. You know, I remember we played, when I was on the Chargers, the year before I got here, uh, we played the Seahawks in the preseason. And uh, I ended up throwing a touchdown to Mike Williams on the right sideline on a go ball. And then we played you guys in the regular season here. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, got, I got to speak to Coach Carroll before the game. And he's like, uh, yeah, man, you just stay on the sideline. <laughs> you know what I mean? We don't need you out here today. But, you know, just him saying that, I watched Coach Carroll, you know, since he was at USC, you know, growing up. And so it's kind of a dream come true just to be coached by him. And I tell him that all the time. And, you know, he doesn't like when I say that, but it really is. And so, you know, when I was a backup, you know, we would communicate on the sideline. And when I got my opportunity to start our communication, uh, it grew, but mm-hmm. you know his, his demeanor and the way that he coaches us never changes. He's got a great relationship with every single player on the team, and uh, that's what I think makes him such a great coach. Gino, you're you're inked up for a few years. What the Hawks got the the number five pick in the draft, and they said they're open to anything. They're open to bringing a young quarterback in for you to hopefully mentor mentor or whatnot. Um, how do you feel about that? If they were to bring a quarterback in, are you willing to mentor? Would you embrace that? And and have they even spoken to you about that? Or you kind of just do your thing and where the cookie crumbles, you just ride with it. Yeah, I mean, I know that, you know, they, if, if that conversation needed to be had, you know, Coach Carroll and, and John would have that conversation with me. But I know that they know that um, the type of player I am, the type of teammate I am, it doesn't matter who it is, whether it was Drew Locke, whether it was Russell Wilson or Eli Manning, Phillip Rivers. I'm going to, you know, try my best to help that person, that player, um, be the best that he can be. 
Uh, it, it doesn't matter if we're competing or not because the best man should win the job. And I believe in myself, so, you know, I'm going to help everybody out. You know, I'm going to help all my teammates be, be great and, you know, including myself. And hopefully they would do the same for me because, uh, you know, I think that all breeds excellence. And competition, you know, brings out the best in everybody. So I, I don't see why not. You know, I'm going to compete regardless, yeah. and I'm going to have that chip on my shoulder regardless. I'm never going to um, – you know, feel complacent. You know, I have to continue to work hard. I have to continue to grow. And so, um, you know, whoever the you know whoever they draft, whether it's another quarterback or you know any position, I'm going to help that player. You know, be the consummate professional, but also be a great player because that's my job as a leader and a quarterback. Now, I don't want to take anything away from your season. You are one of four quarterbacks to have 30 touchdowns this year. The only quarterback in your entire conference to throw for 30 touchdowns. You were also a Pro Bowler. Uh, you did kind of run into some struggles as an offense, not just you, uh, in the second half. And there were still some good moments in there. But have you spent mm-hmm. any time kind of, you know, looking back on that? Because you sound like you're very open with, like, self-reflection. Have you taken any moments to look back and be like, okay, here's what I want to fix on? Like, are you already jumping into that? Yeah, yeah. We've already done a bunch of self-scouting. Yeah. And, um, you know, I've done individual self-scouting myself. You know, I do it every single year. Uh, it's great to actually have, you know, you know, a full season of right. game tape to go off of. But, yeah, I'm open to improving in every single way. You know, I think that, yeah, definitely, you know, I haven't gotten to that, uh, those games. You know, I'm about midway through, you know, the self-scout, so I haven't gotten to the back end of the season. But, um, you know, we hit some, you know, some rough patches, and overall we were a pretty good offense still, you know, even with those, you know, know, rough situations. So, for me, I think about – us getting better as an as an offense and as a team and yeah it's going to take everybody self-reflecting we all got to be open and honest with one another and uh find new ways to get better because this season um nothing we did last season is going to matter you know everyone everyone knows what we can do now so teams are going to be prepared for us and we've got to be that much more prepared you know, I'm a player's dude, so once you got paid, I was hyped for you, man. But then, <laughs> he was, but then, real time. I, I look <laughs> at, I'm also hyped for you, too, because this is going to be your first season having the same OC for the third season consecutively, man. And uh, just what does that mean to you? What's your relationship with Shane Waldron, and, and uh, how does that relationship show up on the field? Yeah, um, you know, with Shane, man, it's been you know, since the day he's gotten here, you know, we've just been, you know, we've hit it off, man. He is an incredible coach, uh, an incredible person. He understands, you know, how to, you know, run an offense. He understands how to put players in positions to succeed. He's innovative. Uh, he, he's willing to try new things. And that's what we love about him. You know, he gives the players a say-so in the offense. You know, he allows us to come up with ideas and, and, and he actually calls them. And he's not afraid of, you know, whatever happens after. And so when you have a guy who has confidence in you and your and the guys around you, you know, you don't you don't question you know what he says or or you know anything that he uh, presents to you because you know that uh, he's genuine and he has your back. And so to be with him for a third year now uh, and a second year with actual playing time, I think is going to help us out tremendously. I love it. I love it. Last one I got for you, man. I saw NFL on Twitter released your top ten throws of the season. And there were two that I, I really enjoy. One was a game winner, I believe, to DK against the Chargers. But my favorite one was the dime over the top in the back of the end zone to Tyler Lockett against New Orleans. Which one was your favorite throw? Uh, yeah, I think that one, dude, there's so many of them, honestly. I mean, it's, it's some that weren't even on the top ten. I, it's hard to say which one, but um, I would say, like, the coolest one was probably the one to Tyler just because there's, like, four guys around him in New Orleans and – 
I would say, you know, the ball was a good ball, but just his concentration to be able to, you know, just run under that ball and still catch it with all those guys falling at his feet and, and diving at the ball, uh, I thought that was pretty cool uh, and a great moment for us too. You know, it was early in the season and yeah. it was kind of one of those moments where we said, okay, yeah, we we can be explosive and, and, and that was a moment for us. See, Gino, you got to get the Seahawks to send over some tape to the NFL and be like, hey, we thought it should be a top 15. Here's a few more plays we'd <laughs> oh, like yeah, to I'll include. Probably top 30. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Decent 30. <laughs> All right. Hey, Gino, we are getting nothing but love on on the text line right now from listeners. Uh, Hey, Gino's my favorite Seahawk now. Gino's so relatable. I love how real he's being. We've really appreciated your time. We know that you are you're making the rounds. You just had a press conference, but uh, we appreciate, you know, the moment to just kind of uh, take a break and kind of reflect on the season and and talk about this moment. It's it's really resonating with people and, and we appreciate it, man. Thank you. Thanks, Gino. And thank you so much. Thanks for having me on. I look forward to more. All right. Thanks, Gino. He is QB1. Gino Smith, kind enough to join us on the Amber Queen Casino Sportsbook Hotline. How about that? Nice little interview from Gino. Realest interview I've done. Him For and Ryan real. Neal. Yeah. Two of the realest interviews we've done. I don't mean to gas players up. It's weird going from a reporter where you're very professional to being like, okay, now I got to be like friendly and I feel like I'm being a fan. But I also feel like sometimes players deserve their roses. Yeah. And it's worth mentioning. We literally have, I mean, you can see the text line too. We have a bajillion comments from people and it's like, well, I want to be able to relay listeners who are texting in not to me but to Gino and you want to tell him like hey man like you know yeah there were plenty of doubts to start the season but now people are listening and they're like wow this is so refreshing He's like the people's champ yeah that's what i'm saying i mean you go from no disrespect <laughs> no disrespect but you go from hearing you know a lot of like hey say the right thing and that's not easy either i always mm-hmm. i always gave credit to wilson for saying the right thing for 10 years straight never slipping right. really like that's impressive um, I just it's it's a nice change though to have to have that from Gino. So, uh, all right, we are going to reflect on uh, on a little bit of our conversation with Gino. Uh, talk some more Seahawks uh, before we get to unpopular opinions coming up at noon. Don't go anywhere. Bumpin' Stacy, powered through the Alaska Airlines Studios on Seattle Sports. Here are your hosts, Michael Bumpus and Stacy Ross. All right, thank you again to Gino Smith for joining us. Uh, Gino was able to join us a few minutes early, thankfully, but that also means that uh, if you were tuning in just at 11.30, you might have missed a couple minutes, so don't worry, we got you covered. We're replaying the interview at 1.30, so set a reminder in your phone. If you missed any of it, 1.30, we're going to replay the interview in full so you guys can hear it again. Uh, let's uh, react to a bit, not just of what we learned from Gino, uh, but of any little nuggets that we took from him when it comes to the Seahawks in 2023 bump. Uh, I'll start with one of your questions, actually, which was you're going to have for the first time in your career, your third year with a coordinator, the same coordinator. How much of a difference does that make? What did you make of his reaction to that? Because he appreciated it. Like yeah. he knew that that was a difference. That's that's big. He said Shane's the type of guy to actually listen to his players. And there's nothing like some of the best coaches I've ever had. When you hit the sideline, they're asking you, what do you see? What do you feel? Mm -hmm. You got coaches up in the booth who are looking down, getting all this information. But there's nothing like getting data from the guys on the field that you can apply right now. There's nothing like talking to your offensive line and they're saying, we're whooping this guy's you know what. Let's run at him. Or you're talking to your quarterback and he's saying, I see the safety doing this. Now you're able to troubleshoot and adjust right in the middle of the game. And your OC is actually – 
taking your information and applying it. And that's during the game or just during the week. Gino's showing up and saying, oh, I've noticed this on, on film. What do you think about it? So that just lets me know their communication is going to be even better this year. Uh, I think what stood out to me, uh, not just his comments about um, about Pete Carroll, which were enlightening, but when he said, like, hey, uh, I asked him about his six years as a backup. Did you ever have conversations with your family or your team about kind of like any low points? Him calling out kind of like, hey, I know the narrative is that I was like struggling and sad. And uh, John Schneider has said before, like he's had conversations about Gino when Gino was trying to find opportunities, which I think all of us interpreted as like, OK, so was he trying to find a way out? But it, that doesn't mean that someone's sad. It doesn't mean someone's upset. It just means they're like, all right, well, where's another opportunity for me? And I find that really interesting. Like, I don't know why. It just, it stood out to me of him being like, hey, I know everyone is like good for Gino. That's great. But like, I was feeling pretty happy. Like I was, <laughs> I was, I was an NFL player. Pretty much sounded like he goes, end of the day, I'm in the NFL. Yeah. I'm getting paid to play football. My family's taken care of. There's not too much for me to be upset about yeah. other than the fact that I'm not getting the playing time that yes. I feel like um, I'm capable of handling or deserve. So that's just, that's an inside. Him saying that makes me more confident in him mm-hmm. when things get tough on the football field. Because if that's his mentality mentality for six, seven years, when you're a backup and you feel like you should be playing, yep. when you get out on the field and ask that question, when you make a mistake, you're able to bounce back, it makes complete sense because he's like, look, man, I'm, I'm good. I've been here. I'm ready for this moment. Let's just go play. Now, Gino was able to sound very humble, rather very appreciative, right? Uh, very open to criticism. However, also really confident. He said, you know, I was playing behind Philip Rivers, playing behind Eli, playing behind Russ, these Hall of Famers, giving them their roses and saying, like, I knew I was as good. Like, mm-hmm. I knew I was good. When we joked with him about, you know, you mentioned, like, hey, I saw, you know, your top 10 throws that NFL.com put together. He was like, yeah, there were some that weren't included. Like, <laughs> like he knows, right? I said, you know, you should have sent them, you know, five more. He said it could have been 30. Like, he's he is also a confident person who believes in himself. Here's my question. It's kind of a loaded question. Mm-hmm. Do you think he's that good? That good, as good as his confidence projects. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I really, I think he's thirty highlights good. He had thirty passing touchdowns. Yeah. You know, I what's rem- he got to do to have more of that version? More of because I agree with you. Um, I would say first is do what you did last year, and then get just get a better grasp of the offense. Not to say he doesn't have a good grasp on the offense, but you get to Peyton Manning level, you get to Tom Brady level, you get to um, Aaron Rodgers level. Mm-hmm. It looks different. Not to say Gino doesn't look good, but those guys have a complete grasp on the game and can understand what the defense is doing. And that's all going to happen with reps. you got to remember that that's five seasons where he's not getting starter reps. Yeah. The only guy I would say in five seasons, I was looking at his game logs. He had like five games. He probably in there, and didn't even start five games. No. So I would give him under 150 snaps in those five years. In this one season, he threw the ball, what, 500 times. So we'll give him at least 500 snaps knowing there's more than that over there. So just this being in the game and having that experience, that game time experience, um, is invaluable. Last question. I asked what Gino needs to do. What about what Seattle needs to do? What does Seattle need to do to get the most out of a guy that they just spent a three-year, $105 million contract on? Granted, this details of the contract, TBD, but point being, they just said, you know what? We are willing to pay even more for this guy. So what can they do to get the most out of this investment? Get this man a center, get him a guard, 
and either sign Rashad Penny or go after Zach Charbonnet if you have a chance. I in like this Charbonnet draft. as a name. Charbonnet. I just like saying it. it. It reminds you of Chardonnay, probably. It's huh? none of your business. <laughs> <laughs> but just just keep surrounding him with weapons. Protect him. Keep the weapons healthy as much as you can. And, uh, man, have fun and ball. All right. Still to come, uh, we are going to get to uh, a look around the NFL. The latest from Jerry DePoto, who was on with Brock and Salk this morning. Also a great feature on Ty France in the New York Times. We're going to talk to the writer of that feature who talked to France about traveling abroad and also everything he learned as a hitter. Um, before we get to that, though, you guys know the concept of, like, unpopular opinions? Like, yes, as literally you know what that means, but there's that thing of, like, okay, unpopular opinion and then you say something that you believe. We're going to do the Seattle sports version of unpopular opinion. I can't wait for it. That's next.